every time you get a chance to witness this scene, you feel lucky. Nothing like it. Man, this is what it's all about. This is what college football is all about. I've, I've said this is the best scene in the country. Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly as Penn State finishes a disappointing season, seven and five, after a, another heartbreaking loss, this time to Michigan State. Wasn't the season we expected when we started the podcast, finishing seven and five, um, but it is what it is. It is <laughs> And we also have some breaking news on Penn State defensive coordinator Brent Pry heading to Virginia Tech. The first, Dave, uh, let's just briefly go over this last uh, twist to the gut. Gut spilling over my thighs right now. <laughs> uh, loss for the Penn State this season. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the loss, it, it just kind of went with uh, the ebbs and flows of the season. Uh, defense giving up those quick two first quarter touchdowns was very out of character. So uh, the snow certainly didn't help cool atmosphere to watch from a, you know, watching on TV perspective, but always going love down, the snow games, always love snow yeah. games, but going down early to a team uh, that, you know, obviously Vegas was favoring us and you had all the rumors and the swirling news of the flu bug and that it bit Michigan state, just like it did us for us Rutgers. Yeah. Well, I, um, I heard so much about that, that I was so confident in Penn state. Like I, I was so confident after like they're hit, they got the flu bug. Blah, blah, I was like, oh, boom. Yeah. Catch it, all my back <laughs> on. Penn state it was not a matter one. of like, are we going to win or not it's by how much, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I think that was some propaganda spread by Sparty nation. So, so I think with that, I mean, I think you could look at Franklin and that coaching staff, you know, did they, ha did they have them ready or was it too much looking into that type of stuff Did that, you know, that's just having the team prepared, ready to mm -hmm. go. I know it, you're coming off. Uh, it's the last little piece of a downward spiral of a season. Yep. So it could be a game that's tough to get up for uh, Michigan state. On the other hand, going for 10 I wins, going imagine. for an historic season for them. So, but very uncharacteristic of the defense. Uh, like I said, to get down early, uh, it had some big plays. Uh, Dotson kept a minute as best as he could. King. But it was just, I don't know if, if it was Franklin chiming in or Yursich, but continue to try to, trying to get that run game going when really the real success was coming from the pass game. And Clifford threw three uh -huh. touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. Yep. And honestly, if it were me, I would have let him throw the ball more or I would have let him sling it around a little bit, a little bit more than he did. Yeah. So I uh, think the elements might have, have. Yeah. I think the elements played a role for sure. They, uh, might, I think the coaches might've overestimated them. In other words, like I think so too. John Clifford's not the greatest thrower in the snow. They were probably like, we're not going to call plays that we would call on a sunny day. 
especially yeah. with snow. You know what I mean? So they're I mean, definitely uh, cautious in their play calling with with not wanting him to turn the ball over. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, got down early, quick, battled back, clawed back, but they just didn't have enough jabs uh, to to throw back at Michigan State to to come out on top. Yeah, great boxing analogy. Um, but yeah, back to your point, going down early against one of the premier running backs in the league, um, mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, went for 138 on 30 attempts, so 4.6 yards per tote for him and a touchdown. And that game really cemented the fact just how much P.J. Mustafer meant to that defensive line, not only as a man who will, or who will demand a double team, allowing um, Tangelo to get – one-on-one with the guard open pressure up but his ability to split those double teams and stop the run mm-hmm. um so i think him going down that was a very very underrated part of our season that we should have looked at more been like oof that's a big blow yeah. to the run defense which has really suffered uh down the stretch and last thing I want to say is just, you know, same old story. We go into these games against Michigan State, against Michigan, against Ohio State. And every game for, I would say, James Franklin's entire tenure, we have been mismatched in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And that's never a good feeling. And even this Michigan State team, like this, is, this was not like a premier pass rushing unit at all in the Big Ten this year. They got 13 pressures on us, 13 total pressures, four sacks on Clifford. And out of those four sacks, only one came from a blitz. So three were were just straight up five on four pressure. Uh, They also had two hits and seven QB hurries. Versus Penn State's pressures, we had eight hurries. That's it. No QB hits, no sacks. So I said a broken record, but trench warfare that's how we have to win trench warfare yeah um and even just looking at their at their um blocking like like they all graded over above 70 in pass blocking Mm -hmm. so it's just yeah it's just a mismatch of trenches and it 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 just pisses me off every single year I don't know. I don't know if it's the coach's fault, the development's fault, but we do have news on the defensive coordinator, Brent Pry, heading for. I don't know if it's greener pastures. I call them uh, eh, greener in terms of money pastures. <laughs> now the head coach at Virginia Tech. Um, so with the way. The defense played well this season. Secondary is phenomenal. Linebackers were all phenomenal. With the way this defense has been trending upwards, who do you think are some possible names that we can possibly hire to keep the trend going up and not kind of flatline here? Yeah, I mean, there's there's for sure some name names out there that are swirling around. And first, before we get into that, I think – with Brent Pry, you know, first of all, I think you saw the outpouring support on Twitter with how he was revered from his players and coaches. Oh, yeah. Um, he, 
Franklin always talks about continuity and that's the key to success with the coaching staff. Pry's been his right-hand man for 11 years now, eight years at Penn state. Uh, but seeing him move on to take on a, a, a power five coaching job is pretty cool to see, um, you know, waiting for the right opportunity. He, ha- he has ties to Blacksburg. Uh, I think he was a GA under Frank Beamer and a lot of his defensive uh, strategies or philosophies came from Beamer. So good to see, uh, you know, him get that opportunity, but it's another, it's another role to fill. You've had the revolving door at offensive coordinator over the last three, four years. Uh, so this is going to be a really key decision here of who you backfill with. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one thing is, so I remember Joe Moorhead got a head coaching job at Mississippi state. Is this now the second defensive offensive coordinator that we've had go to get a head coaching job? Well, power five. Yes. If you count, we had Ricky Ronnie. Uh, who was in there at OC before Moorhead, who's the head coach at Old Dominion. Okay. Um, and funny enough, Old Dominion squares off against Virginia Tech in the first game next year. So that'd be <laughs> a cool little Franklin disciple matchup. Yeah. Um, but from a from a power five standpoint, yes. Just, the, just uh, those two. Yeah, just those two. So uh some things to watch out for too is is Pry gonna try to grab and take some guys with him. Uh, from this Ooh. Penn State staff, I did not. Yeah, I didn't uh, even think about that aspect. But you got you got D line coach John Scott, um, who as of this week was in some pictures uh, coaching. Usually this time of year or this this past co- or this week and this or last week and this week are out on the recruiting trail. So I think I saw some photos where John Scott was uh, with Franklin on some in home visits. So that's a good sign. Pry was not with them, obviously, um, with this news that just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That's something to look at too. If, if Pry tries to pry uh, any coaches <laughs> away uh, from Penn State, take them with them. Um, but yeah, so I think looking from a you want you want to get a good hire here uh, yeah. to keep. You know, uh, Pry did a really good job, res- and I you know we said it on Twitter, restoring the roar with LBU. For sure, uh, for sure. You want to make sure a. This, like I said, this week and next week, you can hang on to the recruits that you got. Uh, they got a loaded class, 25 commits in total. So you want to make sure you hang on to those guys first and foremost. Every single one of them, yes. And that the DC that you're bringing in uh, bonds and gels well with those guys and also the guys that you already have in-house. Yeah. Uh, do you, so, so do you see it being more of a in-house promotion to defense coordinator or do you think we're looking at possibly think, other programs? I think they go – I think they go external. I think the only okay. internal option you really have would be Anthony uh, Poindexter, who's the safeties coach right now, who obviously did a phenomenal job this year with Brisker and Brown. Oh, yeah, phenomenal. Uh, he served as a DC in his past life, uh, I believe, at Purdue. Um, so he has some experience there. So <laughs> his past life. So he's got. So he's got. So I think he would be your best option in house. But some other names that are floating out there, you got Elijah Robinson uh, from Texas A&M, former Penn State D-tackle as recent as 2011, uh, served as a GA um, and some facet of a D-line coach under Bill O'Brien when he was here. He's A&M. So, so yeah, so he's got those Penn State ties. Uh, A&M D-line coach, you said? A&M D-line coach, yeah. Okay. Hey, A&M – 
this year in the SEC is ranked fourth in sacks. Alabama won 43, Georgia 41, two, Ole Miss 40 at three, A&M 39. There you go. So, so yeah, so I think yeah, he'd, like that. he'd be a good hire. Uh, you got Oklahoma State, D.C., Jim Knowles. Uh, Oklahoma State this year, obviously, on the brink of the playoff, uh, heading into the Big Ten, heading into championship weekend, the Big, Ten, uh, Big 12 cha- championship game. Oklahoma State, number one in scoring defense this year. Okay. Um, and I think they're up there in total defense as well. I was going to um, say, Big 12 defensive coaches always scare me. Yeah, so that Always. one numbers, you know, numbers say for themselves, but is like you said in the Big Twelve, a little nerve wracking. Uh, stretch one here uh, would be Marcus Freeman, the DC at Notre Dame. A lot of player support and in-house support for him to get that job at Notre Dame as the head coach. So uh, be, yeah, I was going to say, good bit. To, yeah, because Notre Dame without with Brian Kelly going to uh, LSU. I yeah. mean. They must be in shambles right now. <laughs> like, if they lose the DC too, like I was about to say, that would be yeah, that would that would be cleaning house. Uh, but yeah, and then there's you know there's some other names floating out there. My my favorite though, um, I think would be Sean Spencer. So he served. He, from? Uh, he served under Franklin uh, as recent as three years ago as okay. the D line coach, and he is now with the uh, New York Giants. Oh, hey now. Uh, just personally, I just love the dude. He's a hype up. He's a hype man. Uh, if you look up some of his hype speech videos when he was here at Penn State, you know, he's enough to make you run through a brick wall. Uh, <laughs> so, obviously, he's got the familiarity with the program, with Franklin. Uh, so, he's he's a name to watch out for. Um, I don't know if he would make the jump back to college. He's had uh, some good success with the Giants over the last couple of years. Uh, but he would be my name to watch out for. Did I would he- love to bring him back. Did he play or go to Penn State for college? No, he he was with Franklin at uh, Vanderbilt and then okay. just kind of followed along with him, along with Pry. Uh, uh, but, yeah, so those, those are really the key names that are floating out there. There are some other ones out there as well. I'm obviously uh, hesitant on him because of uh, his Giants ties, but I'll yeah, watch some hype-up right. videos on him. Maybe it'll sway me the <laughs> yeah. other way. That's why. So besides some changes to the coaching staff um, on defense, we have obviously some seniors that are going to sadly depart. Great additions to the Penn State legendary uh, status that we got going on. But um, what are some other players that have the option to either go to the NFL draft or come back to Penn State, Dave? That's not what I'm interested in. I got a list for you. So I'm going to throw them at you. And I want you to give me Bring your prediction, your hot take. Of, are they staying or are they going? Will I stay or will I go? Will now? I go? Give All it right, to so me. First, first, he got linebacker Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. I think he's going to – I think he's staying. I, th- I think he tests the waters and sees where he's at, just like any prospect would. Yeah. Uh, had a solid year, but still – Still some concerns with him uh, where he tries to make the big hit a little too often, mm-hmm. aside from wrapping up. Uh, from a totally biased perspective, the the depth at linebacker concerns the shit out of me heading into next year. Yeah. Especially with Ellis Brooks' uh, departure. Exactly. That, um, that was my main reason for him staying was Ellis Brooks leaving. 
he can now take center stage and that linebacking core possibly yeah. up his draft stock instead of he might go like fourth fifth round maybe upgrade yeah. that and do like a second third round if he has a decent year as the uh primary linebacker for us next year yeah for sure i think i think for him if he stays him and curtis jacobs uh, yeah. who took a big step up this year especially uh late in the year uh, i think those two could be a pretty uh formidable tandem yeah all right next uh our guy tiggs yair brown safety he had a he had a really really good season yeah in terms of turnover production playing next to brisker uh it's sad to say but i think he's gonna be gone i think he's gonna go to the draft um safeties are a a recently premier position now in the nfl draft and i think he's gonna grade really well at the combine if he does go and i think he could end up being like a late do day two pick day three pick mm-hmm. so i think he's unfortunately gonna go for the green and go to the nfl draft i i think he will too i would love to see him take the brisker out and come back for that extra year and be yeah. a leader on this defense next year. I think, I think that would, it's, it seems a little too obvious that that would work out and that you would see another step up from him next year. Uh, but I think the, the draw of the NFL with the way he played, uh, I think yeah. he finished with what, four or five, four interceptions this year. Yeah. So uh, I think, I think he'll get a good draw, a, a pretty decent grading uh so i I think that that'll lure him away yeah sadly and then sutherland another senior is gone so that safety spot's looking a little thin yeah uh well yeah safety too and i think i just saw yesterday yesterday maybe the day day before tyler rudolph uh safety has already entered the transfer portal too so getting pretty thin there uh next year you're looking at i think we we some versatile D-backs, though. Like, I think yeah. Hardy can possibly play like a safety spot. Maybe a Caleb yeah, King. I think, I think, luckily, secondary is our deepest position group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think you're okay. Uh, but you just don't want to lose, you know, any more there. Even, um, a, even a Joey Porter. He might he he might fit perfectly as a safety. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a good fit, too. Um, all right, next. Seemed at one point as a surefire, you know, uh, offensive lineman to pick here, but missed the last two games of the year uh, for some undisclosed reasons. Rashid Walker. Gone. Uh, I mean, we talked about this. You saw his body language towards the end of the season. He knows he's going to go in the first round or second round at the latest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's been checked out for about a month now. I know that knowing that he's going to the NFL. So gone for him. Yeah, I think he's good as gone too. All right, next one. This may this might be a little shocker for you here. All okay. right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. Noah Kane. All right. So not maybe not necessarily the NFL route, but you Answer. look at what's coming in. Yeah, you had Kevon Lee, uh who was toting the rock um you know last few games here. Yeah uh, Major- majority of the carries. And you got to look at what's coming in. You got Nick Singleton, who, as of I think today, just earned his fifth star 
Uh, according to 247 Sports, Let's still raised the number one running back in the country from so Governor you, Mifflin coming in next year. So you got the number yeah. one QB, number one running back. Number one QB, number one running back. And how about that, folks? And you got a nice little second prize here. You got Katron Allen from IMG Academy also coming in the door as a true freshman. Both Singleton and Allen were named finalists for the high school Maxwell Award uh, Offensive Player of the Year. And they're both coming to state. And they're both, both coming to Penn State. Let's go. So, Let's go. so yeah, uh, that's tough. I could definitely see a situation where Kane looks at other schools that need, that are in need of a uh, veteran senior running back um with a lot of underclassmen so yeah i'm gonna say gone for him as well damn it's three straight gones all right i'm gonna give you another one Only uh, stay. devin ford another running back i think he stays um he's what what year is he he will be a junior i believe and he he was on the he'll be a no, he'll be a senior next year. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, he's saying this Kane. Um, hmm, that's another one, sort of like no Kane, where if he finds greener pastures, I've said that four times this podcast. Uh, but if he if he does find a team that is gonna be like, Hey, you're the running back one here, I can see him definitely being gone. Uh-huh. Um with the Kevon Lee, Kevon Lee getting those touches towards the end of the season, and with the two, I mean, just freak running backs that we got coming in. But it also leaves the door open to kind of tell one of those guys, "Hey, you might not be the three down back that we're gonna that we kind of promised you, but you're gonna get enough time splitting carries with Kevon Lee, where you're gonna have a substantial amount of tape to send to the NFL and possibly get drafted." Right. So I'm going to – one of those two will stay. Okay. I'll say that. All right. You know I had to save the best for last. Mm-hmm. Your QB1, Sean Clifford. He can, can he take uh, the COVID year? He, the could COVID year he could come back and be a <sighs> 24-year-old starting quarterback. <laughs> Who, who's that Florida State – Quarterback, maybe it was for wasn't for state. Ken Dorsey, something like that. Yeah, Miami. Like, Miami. He's like 20, <laughs> 27 playing against 19-year-olds. Or like I Brandon crack, Whedon. Always cracked. Yeah, Brandon Whedon was like 25. <laughs> always cracks me up when that happens. Even in basketball. Like he yeah, those yeah. like those seniors are like 24-year-old men playing against 18-year-olds. <laughs> um that's a tough one. That is a real tough one. Cause we did see a little bit from uh, Christian Vayu, Vayu, mm-hmm. Vayu, um, and he looked good yeah. as a true freshman coming in. So if you add that to the talented two talented quarterbacks that are coming in this year, I don't know. You don't want to put too much pressure on those young of kids that early but if you have three premier young quarterbacks that'll be a nice little competition during the offseason and see who uh who can come away as the like leader of the locker room 
and who has command of Yurich's offense the best. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's going to stay, but I, I honestly, because of the reasons I just said, I want him gone. Just because if you have those three talented young quarterbacks, I want a little competition. See who gets the best. I think that can ascend us to another level. So for me, I think, and I know mentioned this before, where it's some of these conversations, especially with the COVID year, are going to be tough because it's a it's a two way street here. Is both it's got to be mutual. I don't think this would ever leak, but I my sense would be that Cliff would want to come back, but I think Penn State would say thanks, but no thanks. Oh, it, it, it has to be I like it has to be like. Oh, I didn't know that. The school has to sign off on it too. Yeah. But uh, so that's the thing with Penn State is what we, we talk say, about the family thing. is like, yeah, how are you going to do that to Clifford? He's been here. And he's been fighting for you all past two but seasons. The reason, seasons. reason I say that is, hey, hey, you got Drew Aller coming in the door. And not, you know, as a nice sec- consolation prize, you got Bo Perbulo coming in as well, who's yeah. getting a lot of – player comps to Trace McSorley, which you love to hear uh, coming from Century York. But Drew Aller, <laughs> number one quarterback in the country, number three overall recruit in the class of 2022. Uh, Penn State offered this kid uh, when he was outside the top 400 <laughs> as a three-star and stayed loyal, stayed committed. Uh, you got the That's number awesome. three overall player in the country coming next year. Would love to hand the keys over, but still, he's an 18-year-old kid. You don't know if yeah. he's going to be ready. Mm-hmm. So the the decision around Clifford, I think you got to look to, is especially with this age of college football with the transfer portal, is, and I'm sure they're already looking, is those names that are out there already that you could put, possibly bring in that could be an upgrade from Cliff and still be a little bit of a bridge to give Aller a year to get acclimated to the program, keep get him in the sure. weight room for a year. You got and listen. This could be. I know this is a reach. You got Spencer Rattler. No portal. No. You got I'm sorry, Dylan. No, I hate got, Spencer Rattler. <laughs> I hate him. You he's got. Like a, he's an Instagram quarterback. He does like cool behind the back throws and stuff. He's he's no. Don't, just just don't throw it out there. You got you got Dylan Gabriel uh, from UCF. Yeah, uh, I like him. Coming off he, the broken collarbone in, injury, prone, he was yeah. he was good. Uh, you got Jacob Zeno from Baylor, uh, who I don't know if you remember, he subbed in for Charlie Brewer in that big 12 championship run a couple years back. Okay. Uh, got beat out this year in the QB competition and then Ohio state with the loaded QB room, uh, Jack Miller, uh, has put his name in the transfer. He had some off the field problems this year, early in the year. I think he got pulled over for DUI. Um, so he's got some off the field issues, uh, but highly touted prospect um and there's probably going to be more to come so just something to keep an eye on uh not only at qb but other positions too uh you got dotson obviously uh for as great as he's been you got parker washington ready to step up but i wouldn't be surprised if we look to nag someone from the portal mm-hmm. uh to help bridge that gap and then with uh what you saw out of Ebiquete and tangelo this year uh, the portal is going to be huge. You got, like I said, you got the 25 recruits in the class of 2022, uh, but not all of them are going to be ready to go next year. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to connect on some swings uh, in the portal to help us out next year. Yeah. And we're, we will be obviously constantly updating you on 
Twitter, Instagram with all the transfer portal moves that the uh, Nanny Lions make. Everyone who stays, everyone who goes, every roster update, you will need follow us on social media. We gotcha. So, Dave, I think you know what time it is. It's the final, bonanza. the final week of the Big Ten betting bonanza. Oh, I can't believe it's here. Right up next. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. The finale of the Big Ten betting bonanza season one. I will now reveal what we have been fighting for this entire season, what all the blood, sweat, and tears have gone into. Cue the SpongeBob. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Oh, make sure it make looks good in the camera. Boom. Oh, let's go, dude. The big 10 <laughs> trophy right there. Oh. There, will, there will be more added on. This was just the basic concept I thought of. <laughs> but this will be the trip we're fighting for. Trench warfare. Ten so pounds. If you ever down. get a uh, very heavy package in the mail, you know you want. <laughs> <laughs> there it is in all of its glory took me about USPS or uh, UPS drivers will hate us took me about six minutes to do with Sharpie love <laughs> it myself I feel like it represents pretty. the 10 yeah well it's a, like it's used up you can tell it looks like a big 10 looks like a big 10 rivalry game trophy exactly and that's where we're going battle, battle for the 10 pound dumbbell so yeah that's how big this is right now. Um, huge. I'm honestly sweating, shaking, seeing this thing in person. I, I want to win it so badly. So let's review the season so far. Dave Barron went 24 and 15 in his Big Ten bets. That's 61.5%. Phen- almost hitting two of three bets every single week. Phenomenal, phenomenal job. However, with our scoring system, he only ended up with 22 points. Uh, the way we do the scoring system, you bet underdogs, money line, you get more points than just straight up spreads. Myself, it was so close. It was so very, very close. I finished 21 and 18. That's 53.8%. Oh. I wanted to get 55, so I could call myself a professional Big Ten gambler. But maybe <laughs> after this week, I will be able to. Um, so my money line bets actually gave me 26 points to Dave's 22. So that's where we stand in week 13. Dave with a four-point deficit. So originally I thought, um, let's just go all the conference championships and just do three that we like the best. But that goes against everything we stand for, for the Big Ten Bonanza. So 
Dave, since he's behind, is going to pick a spread bet. I cannot pick that same bet at all. I have to either go six points above what he picks, if he picks Michigan, who's favored, minus 11, or I have to go Iowa, whatever, using that. Same with the total. Um, Team totals are in play as well. And then the last part is we're going to pick two anytime touchdown scores, hmm. non-running backs. So you can pick a quarterback to run it in, wide receiver to catch it, or a punt returner or a specific defensive player to score a touchdown. And if you pick the special teams or defensive route, you get plus seven. So that could be your move. <laughs> To win, but Oof. it could be also be a terrible move because why not happen? So with that all being said, Dave, your spread bet for the Big Ten championship game with Michigan going against my most hated team of all oh. freaking time, Iowa. <laughs> so I am going to go with. As much as this game lines up to be a one of those classic ones that Harbaugh chokes away, um, not going to go with the full game spread here. I'm going to take Michigan first half minus six and a half. You little my first <laughs> half steal my first half thunder. That was so you know, a bet. I thought you were going to. I for sure thought you were going to pick Michigan minus eleven. Uh-uh. Like for sure. God fucking damn. <laughs> all right well i gotta re-strategize now i guess i might have to just go with michigan full spread mm. at minus 11 yeah well yeah i'm gonna go full spread minus 11 all right all right hopefully they can fucking hang on <laughs> um so for my total I looked at the total 43 and a half that scares me because even though Iowa does have a good run uh, defense, Michigan just can just put up points and I don't see Iowa scoring too many points in this game. So if the over was going to happen in this game, it would have to come from Michigan. So I'm going to go with, Iowa team total under 16 and a half. Ooh. Yeah. That's, uh, that just feels gross writing down. <laughs> Less than 16 and a half. I think it's, let me check it one, one sec. Yep. I 16, I 16 and a half yeah. under minus 110. So that will be my, uh, my total uh, bet. On to you can't do the same bet obviously you don't want to i'm gonna no i'm gonna go with michigan again here uh i think they are gonna put up points on this fraudulent iowa defense i'm taking michigan team total over 27 and a half so we're we're both on the same mindset that iowa fucking sucks michigan's gonna roll We're just that's, saying it different ways. Belief. We're just saying it different ways. That, yeah, that's my belief. <laughs> but these, I mean, yeah, either way, like you're down four points. So if you hit spread total 
and an anytime touchdown score were tied up. But I also have to lose all those, all my bets. So I'll let you go first. Um, who's going to be your first anytime touchdown score from either squad? So my first one's going to be, uh, and this guy killed Penn State when we uh, went up against them. I'm going to go with wide receiver from Michigan, Roman Wilson. You fuck you. <laughs> that was mine. They're going to go Caleb Johnson, dude. Feeling all your thunder. Hopefully I steal those points, too. Oh, man. That just flustered me. <laughs> All right, Roman Wilson, it is. Um, I could totally see that happening. So I was not expecting that. So, yeah, I'm going to go Caleb uh, Johnson as my anytime. Uh, or Caleb, why do I see Caleb Johnson? Cornelius Johnson as my anytime scorer. All right, so then for my other one, I do think do think Iowa will get a score here. Uh, obviously, we can't go with a running back, so I'm going to go with a little bit of wild card here. Uh, wide receiver, Charlie Jones. Ooh. Charlie. Charlie. That could be your ticket. That could be the winning ticket. This is what we'll do. We'll make – if you get an anytime touchdown score right, that's plus two. Okay. Just because that's a little, like that. a little more difficult. And then, yeah. It, yeah. So, for my final one, I want to – let me see if I can find, find this here. I'm debating between two calls right now. Actually, I'll just tell them what you are or what they are. Um. Cade McNamara Ooh. on a little like QB option where they know Haskins is going to go right at the middle and he just kind of yeah. keeps him and is prancing in. Or uh, what's his name? AJ Henning on a punt return or kickoff oh. return touchdown. <sighs> but I don't think I was, I think I don't think I would, would be that team to let up a special yeah. team touchdown. It doesn't seem very Kirk Ferentz. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Cade McNamara, rushing Cade touchdown. Cade waltzed in. Oh, I'll throw my remote play's gonna be if I see that happen. Everybody's crashing on Haskins, and he's just going to literally waltz <laughs> in, bootlegging to the left. If that happens, that would be absolutely insane. Oh, man. All righty. So we got it. There are currently one, two, and then the four, six, six. So, yep. You can definitely come back and win this if I suck and you hit. Need that dumbbell. This again, this is what we're fighting for, ladies and gentlemen. The holy grail. The holy grail. More will be added. I think I'm going to do like every year, right? Like the name, the number of points, records. (laughs) But so this will be effectively our last episode. Avoid out weekly until the bowl schedule comes out. Um, at that point, we're going to do an entire bowl special where we pick every single bowl game going head to head. You can follow it on Twitter. 
Um, and speaking of bowl season, there's no better time to sign up for the Parks Sportsbook app than right now during bowl season. I love bowl season. Like, it's one of my favorite times to bet of the entire year. And then you got Christmas basketball coming up. It's amazing. So download that app, Park Sportsbook app, and enter the promo code WHITEOUT. You get a risk-free bet up to $500. So you can use that during bowl season on a little bowl game you feel a little confident about. Maybe it's your team playing in it. Maybe you save for Christmas Day basketball, a little parlay. Use that code WHITEOUT and get rolling for this holiday season. Make some money. Make some money. Get some presents for your family. Throw it all on the bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl. What else you had to lose? <laughs> the che- the cheese Bowl. That's what I'm saving my 500 for. Favorite bowl ever. Um, so the, all the bowl matchups are technically announced, I think, Sunday the Sunday. 5th of December? The, yeah, right after the last uh, – I think after the SEC championship game. So we will be – taking one week off next week unfortunately sorry um but we'll be back the week of the 13th with all the bowls ready to be predicted first bowl game i believe is the 17th of december so we'll have an episode out before that guys wasn't the best year seven to five we had high in the sky apple pie hoops but we gave our best shot and we are still Penn State, still a family. Future's looking strong. James Franklin, decade deal. And uh, last thing I just want to say is thank you guys for paying attention and listening to us every single week. Um, we did not expect this amount of support and following this early, but we thank each and every one of you who tunes in every week from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on for the ride, guys. Love you guys.